lift off and the clock has started. My name is Zach Anderson, and this week we're going to be visiting the trailer park, walking down a little video game memory lane. You know, I'm sure other shenanigans are going to pop off while we do this. Uh, to do all of this, I have with me Shannon Death from Above More. <laughs> That's right. I come correct on this 4th of July weekend. Um, it... We have the reusable water balloons, and mm -hmm. the... I got people's. Gotten Those things were super clutch, by the way. <laughs> that was like a great investment. Yeah, we learned the hard way after we almost blew up our pump for our pool. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, reusable water balloons, way to go. Worth their money. Yeah, and they were, like, actually really cool, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's if, if people don't know, it's like these two little silicone halves that have, like, a magnet connection in between them. And you just fill them up with water, and then... No women, children, adults were spared as far as Shannon was concerned. He was just tagging kids left and right. And All I'm saying is... Long-range long pimping from across the pool against people's domes. It was... I mean, it, 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 was, it was Halo with n nothing but <laughs> rocket launchers. I, I will have to say your son uh, was deadly, too, because, I mean, he would just basically get out of the pool with one of those... Mm -hmm. spam your spam your dome like just like right as you came out of water would just clutch you right in the head with one of those and then would jump into the water with one of those like spray guns like yeah. as he was like falling into the pool was just like action sequence slow-mo like uh, like right into your face so it was like a two-pronged attack so yeah he, he had this weird like titanfall two, you know spam grenade jump shoot wall climb thing happening it was uh it's pretty impressive actually it was good, you know, and, and somebody had to somebody had to take him down a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. I felt that was me. I mean, it was your house, so I understand. I understand. <laughs> also, join. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just saying oh. it was good. Living uh, also, joining us back from the wilderness, Justin Roughing It Carter. It's your boy. Yeah, you know, went went the great outdoors. You know, where the bug the bugs pee. And you know there was a um, some skunks. Wait, the, bug, the bugs, the bugs, the bugsy. Yeah, I mean, I assume bugs pee outside. I don't, I don't know. I don't get up in their business, Shannon. I just assume if a bug was to piss, I'm assuming like ninety five percent of the time it's going to be outside. <laughs> uh, I'm just wondering how much like piss, insect piss you actually encountered this weekend. You know, to my knowledge, none. But I bet a little, little probably did get on me. But we, it was actually, I was surprised. It was Megan's first time camping and it was actually, she had fun. I was shocked. Uh, I had bets. We had bets going prior to showing up to the campsite. One was that I assumed within an hour of arriving at the campsite that Megan would scream. Mm -hmm. And I had voted on about 
Saturday early afternoon that she would want to go home. Uh, and the screaming, unfortunately, I missed the mark. She didn't scream until Friday. It was the next day. Uh, a giant moth flew near her and she yelled. Mm. Uh, but she never did say, hey, you know, load up the car. We're going home. We actually stayed the full time. Uh, so it was pretty fun, though. We we went fishing. I didn't ca- I caught mm-hmm. a stick. Um, so it was, it was pretty uh, big. Yes. It was a, pretty big. It was almost like the size of my glasses. It was a, it was a fighter, but I reeled it in. The, the wily stick fish. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did catch a stick. Um, so the first night when we were there camping though, <clears throat> I had pre-downloaded season 13 of hoarders onto my phone. So I'd have something to watch mm-hmm. while falling asleep. And so I'm sitting there watching it and it was like about, I don't know, maybe like midnight. And I heard, like, something was at our campsite. Like, something small. It wasn't a bear. But you could hear something kind of walking around and kind of, like, sniffing, kind of, like, clawing on the outside of the tents and stuff. And I kind of sat there and paused my video. And I was like, dude, did that come from outside? And I'm kind of looking. And I was just, ah, like, whatever. And I kept watching my thing. So next morning, turns out, it was a skunk. And the reason we found that out is one of the dudes who we went camping with, Ryan, he, uh... I guess, woke up to the thing scratching on the outside of the tent and bopped it from the inside of the tent and the skunk in self-defense sprayed the tent and smoked him and his son out of the tent. (laughs) And his tent reeked like our bear box or whatever with our food and stuff was over near their tent and I'd go over there and it's like, ugh. But after like it baking in the sun, like the next afternoon, it was really bad. But then by about Saturday, it didn't stink anymore. But there was a good twenty four hours where that bad boy reeked. You know, you know, you were doing a good job. So, for those that aren't aware, I also have never been camping in my life. In my forty four years, I've never once gone camping. Uh, my my father was an exquisite non camper, and. <laughs> And, and would shit on the practice any chance he could get as someone that was forced to go camping quite a lot as a young man. As soon as he was an adult, he said, never again. And no, I'm not making my children do it either. Um, they do not have to suffer as I have suffered. Um, but now the the full court press is on. My wife's family is, they, they're campers. They've gone camping their whole lives. Shannon and his lovely bride are pressuring me to join them, for my family to join them. Our friends Carlos and Amy are also on this trip. It, I'm getting the full court press <laughs> to go. It's it's going to be a beach-type camping scenario, not the woods. Okay. Uh, another thing that's kind of pushing it into uh, into more acceptable ranges I still don't understand the argument of like, no, but we've got like this blow up mattress. It's a queen size thing and it's comfortable. It's not like you're sleeping on the ground. I'm like, then let's just get a fucking house. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Like, hey, you know what else has queen size beds? Houses. You know what else has grills? Houses with decks on them where the bed is and the bathroom. Like, I don't, I, I don't see the connect. Like, I'm sorry. Anyway, I'm. I'll get off my horse. Um, so I have a question for you. Yeah. Seeing as you just took someone that also was their first time after decades of living without camping in their lives. Mm-hmm. What did you do? 
Because this is the part I'm having a hard time. Like, okay, we're going to go camping for two nights, right? Mm. The hell am I going to do for two days? It's like, yeah, like everyone says the whole like, oh, but you just get back to nature and, you you know, you hang out with your... Hey, I don't drink. So, like... Yeah, and that's a big one. Of, that's a big one times, for me. Yeah. Nine, nine times out of ten, when adults talk to me about camping, it's like, yeah, it's great. We bring the cooler and we're all drinking beers and blah, blah. And it's like, okay, but I don't do that. You know, uh, I've got my kids that I'm now chasing in the wilderness um, they're not going to have electronics, so that's going to be awesome. Uh, 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 tell me the positives, Justin. Tell yeah. me. Come so, on. Give so, me the positives. So in the three nights we were there, we were there Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we played, I'll say, we played a lot of cards. Um, did okay. some, played some Sky Joe. Uh, I played F- Phase 10, which it was only like my second time playing Phase mm-hmm. 10. Uh, so I kind of got my ass kicked the first time, and then I was like, "No, dude, I want to rematch on that." Uh, there was a lot of, <laughs> lot of. Like, I'm not going down like this. Yeah, I'm like, dude, I'm not going out like some two pump chump while we're fucking camping. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so we did. We made s'mores multiple nights. Um, they had like a nice little like griddle thing that they brought and stuff. So we did some like carne asada, like tacos and stuff like that for dinner okay. mm-hmm. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. We went hiking kind of like around the area like little woodsy area and stuff i will say surprisingly like the bugs were not bad at all i didn't get bit once which is is shocking i think that's a first for me while camping like i didn't come home with a single bug bite megan bought a huge bug like canopy 10 foot like tent thing in case the bugs were super bad but we never ended up using it um but we also brought uh they brought ladder ball. I don't know if you've ever played that with the, it's the two balls with a little string on it. And it's like, Oh uh, yeah, we've got a, we've got a one for the kids. It's like a little set. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there was a ladder ball tournament at one point we played that I was running around because we also, there was kids and stuff there when we went and I was playing, they had like a little, one of those nerf vortex footballs and stuff. And we were throwing, I was throwing that around with the kids and stuff and chasing them around and doing whatever. So, um, you know, we did that. And then a lot of just kind of like hanging out, uh, in the afternoons, kind of just like in a circle, chit chatting and doing whatever. So, but it was fun. Cause yeah, I didn't have phone signal the entire time I was there, which was interesting. Like I didn't mind it. It's not like I was like, man, I missed my phone. The thing that I didn't like about it was I was like, man, I, I really hope my dogs are okay. Cause you know, if something happened and my mom tried to get a hold of me saying, Hey, like your dog needs to go to the hospital. I'd never get the message because I had no signal. So there was points though, where like we went to like up the mountain six minutes or like whatever to enough to get a signal and stuff. So I could like text her to see whatever. But for the most part, I didn't have that. So I kind of wished I did have that. But besides that, you know, it, it was pretty chill. Like it was fun kind of just running around doing what the weather was nice it was like 80 something whereas in phoenix it was 114 so it was yeah it was as coming back down the mountain it gradually increased until we hit about like 112 (laughs) in the morning so uh but i I recommend it you know especially if it's only two nights like that's that's nothing man bring some cards you know have a grand time sure 
Carlos will regale everyone with tales of Carlos' past, you know, so. Yeah, uh, also, I mean, we'll be at the beach, right? So it's like, you know, one full day is just going to be, like, hanging out at the beach, chilling, relaxing, and then, like, after a day of, like, you know, being at the beach and being burnt out, it's not like you have to pack all your crap in the car and go home. Like, you just basically, like, grab your towel and head back to the campsite, and you can just, like, let the kids crash and do whatever. So I think, you know, that'll be pretty chill. Um, you know, I'm going to bring some, like, you know, cards and some card games and, you know, other tchotchkes. Um, I'm also bringing a little, I have a insane, like, small, like, big brick, like, charger. Um, so that, you know, if we do need to use technology to keep the kids a little sedated, uh, that, you know, we have that available. Uh, you can charge devices. Um but you know, yeah, sitting around a campfire and chilling, like I don't plan on drinking that much either. So, I mean, <laughs> sitting around the campfire sure, sure, and man. chilling. Like it, I, so there's a lot to be said. It's very therapeutic to sit in front of a campfire at night and just like listen to the waves, like have the campfire there chilling. Like I'm the only thing I'm worried about is the weather could go either way, right? It could be like, mm-hmm. perfect or it could be like just a mess at night and like everybody's going to be freezing their cojones off. That is the uh, that is the dice you roll when you're dealing with the ocean. Yeah. So. So you know we'll see, um, but you know I hope you guys come. I think it'd be really really fun, uh, and you know as long all you gotta do is pretty much bring like the foods that you would like to eat, uh, for the for the next couple days. So if you want, uh, you know burgers and hot dogs, then that's your thing. That's what you get. And then you put it that in the cooler. Make sure it stays in your car. The campsites are uh, each campsite is allowed two vehicles, so you just basically keep everything in your car so the animals don't get to it. You yeah. Know, funny story. Funny story. When I went camping when I was in my teen or not my teens in my early twenties, you know, go out with a bunch of like rabble mm-hmm. rousers, and then like you know we'd fall asleep at like two o'clock in the morning. Uh, one of the guys that uh, I went with, I didn't know him, but uh, he got super drunk and he had a paintball gun. And uh, he woke up at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, same situation, heard, like, a rustling outside, didn't know what it was. It turned out to be a bunch of raccoons and skunks, and he just lit up the entire campsite. Like, I mean, we woke up the next morning, there was just, like, neon green everywhere. I was like, dude, what happened? He was like, I don't know, I saw I saw an opportunity, and I took it. And <laughs> there was, like, neon green raccoons running around. <laughs> like the next oh, jeez. So it's like you could tell which ones he had pegged. But, but yeah, I mean... It, It'll be a. I think it'll be a fun time, and I don't think being by the beach. I don't think there's going to be a lot of wildlife we got to worry about or bugs. So I think it'll be a good like tame like experience for you. If went. Mm-hmm. And you know it's like it's like forty five dollars for the campsite for like two nights, whereas like you know a house that's by the beach for two nights would probably be like I don't know like two or three hundred bucks a person, maybe. Okay. <laughs> Zach looks thrilled. I think he's been convinced. He's been turned over. He's turning over a new leaf. Uh, no. Okay. You you put it correctly. I've been convinced. <laughs> Not by me, but by others. Like, <laughs> trust me. I've been convinced. Good. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I. Hey, you know it's. It'd be incredibly hypocritical of me to not try it because I always tell my kids they need to try everything. And if they don't like it, then at least they know they've tried it. <sighs> I'm tr- I, My goal is to go into it with an open mind. 
-hmm. if I go looking for things that suck, I'm going to find them. You know what I mean? So. I will say, I think if Megan going and having a good time and wanting to do it again is a sign of anything. That that actually has given me more faith than anything else you guys have said. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because Megan is the ultimate. I She does not do bugs. She does not do outdoors. Mm -hmm. She is very much like you in that regard. And she legitimately had a good time to the point where she wasn't like, yeah, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so I, it was a positive first experience for her. So I think that's and kind think, of what you need is just a positive first experience. And I think it's like a good group to go with, mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, cause that's important. It's a, I think I, for me, the beach is better than the mountains, you know, I, I think, I think it's like the bunny slope of camping is what is, and and I feel like everyone has kind of set this up for me, <laughs> and if I said no, I'd be a bigger asshole than I already am. So, <laughs> mm, I don't know. I I don't think that there was any ulterior motive in the beginning. I just think that we needed to hedge our bets that if we were going to get mm -hmm. to, we needed to set ourselves up for the best situation. The best situation possible. Yeah, and I will say, compared to last time when I went camping in high school, like going camping with these people who do it all the time was mm -hmm. night and day different. Like they, there was canopies for shade everywhere, like tons of lighting. There was a hand washing station and stuff with it had like the little pump where you push the button to like actually mm -hmm. clean your hands constantly. Uh, there were bathrooms at the campsite, like they were like not actual water toilets you know they were just kind of like almost like porta potty ish style toilets mm -hmm. but it's better than shitting in a hole or a bucket uh so or making your own hole yeah that's... yeah exactly so there was amenities there that i was not accustomed to like you know having an actual grill like everyone brought enough chairs so it's not like we're sitting on the ground whatever there's plenty of camping chairs and there was like a little bench to eat at and stuff like mm -hmm. that so you know that definitely improved the experience okay okay i mean we'll see i'll report back this is what the second week of august shannon right yes correct we'll report back we'll find out Ooh, yeah you mm -hmm. got a little little under a month <sighs> feels like a sentence um <laughs> all right uh let's yeah let's do things a little out of order today because i want to save our little memory lane thing uh, so let's, Justin, you know, all this camping stuff has got me thinking about road trips. And when you're on a road trip, you got to stop by the trailer park. You got it. It's a must. Shannon, so, would you do the honors since you were not here last week? You got to do it up big. Since you missed a week, you got to just give it 110%. You got to do that 250th episode trailer park energy. Yeah, I need you deep in your bowels. You know, bring bring little Tim Tam, bring Uncle Joey, get the whole get the whole fucking family outside because we got trailer trash. <laughs> you know what, guys? Uh, for the two hundred fiftieth episode, I wanted to do something special in this trailer trash, so I had Cletus go down and get us a whole bunch of bunghole flappers and smooshy boopers and all them fireworks that make everybody all excited around the 4th of July. And we ended up blowing up the trailer park, guys. So you're going to have to go down the street a little bit farther, and there's a really nice one where people say, 
it's all the bangers. So go down and check out the bangers. All I got here is just a bunch of trailer trash. Mission. Well played. Well played. Yeah, no, I was mulling it over. And uh, yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good. Put it on the board. That was that was a good one. <laughs> good, good. Glad. Uh, so what are we talking about this week, guys? So uh, I went to the movies this week and um, I saw a trailer, a little trailer for uh, Haunted Mansion. Yes. That looks so good. I- Okay, that's where I was going, because we all remember, well, maybe some of us don't, I'm old, <laughs> but we all remember the original attempt at Haunted mm-hmm. Mansion. With Eddie Murphy? That unwatchable piece of shit starring Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you, you'll you excuse me for not really looking forward to this new one, uh, and then that trailer drops, and it looks just awesome it looks great and 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 i think the reason it does is they literally just ripped everything out of the ride and built a movie around it and that's just smart like the ride is what everyone knows the ride has a plot to it you know that if you write it enough you pick up on it and it's like the bride in the attic and all that and uh, she kills all the husbands and you know there's a whole plot to the movie or from the ride that I think they're putting into the movie and so I'm I'm here for it like the effects look really good the, the acting looks creepy and spooky and and I'm hoping I'm hoping it's not too much that the kids aren't gonna you know like it because it, it, the trailer makes it look like it's bordering Mm-hmm. Like it's one of those. It's gonna be really fun for adults, but maybe too scary for kids. Kind of that Ghostbusters thing. Mm-hmm. I went and saw it because it, they put it on before Elemental. Uh, mm-hmm. So Elemental is a kids movie, of course. Um, so we went to watch it, and when that trailer came on, my son, who is six and a half, looked at me and said, "I don't want to see that movie." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, that's a pretty good indicator that this is probably this is too much for him." Um, that being said, it looks like they gave it the Pirates of the Caribbean treatment. Like, it looks very... Like, they followed that same formula, right? Like, I just kind of feel it got a big glam up. They were like, hey, we don't have to tone this down to kids. Like, we can make this kind of like a middle-of-the-road kind of thing. And, you know, Tiffany Haddish looks like she'll be funny. Um, You know, uh, what was it? Owen Wilson, um, he looks like he's pretty good as the priest. Uh, Danny DeVito looks like he's going to be, you know pretty funny in his role as well um so it looks like they have some talent in there and some comedic chops to kind of balance out like the drama with the with the humor mm-hmm. so i'm on board with this latest reboot like i'm excited to see it i i'm i'm hyped sorry Justin. Go ahead. no i was just say yeah the cast looks great and ever since the first trailer i saw for it and even the new one that like just came out because it comes out into this month comes out in a couple weeks so i think it's coming out right to disney plus so i'm excited for it i definitely want to watch it i never watched the eddie murphy one because i could tell from the trailer that it was absolute garbage but was genuinely surprised when this one came out at how good 
of an actual movie it looks and how much of the ride it seems like they were able to translate and capture into a real movie and i don't know like i kind of i'm kind of with this like this movement to take some of these rides and actually like flesh them out a little bit i can see where it would go horribly wrong i can also see that (laughs) don't get me wrong but but no like some of these classic disney attractions have you know really cool little backstories built into them and i'm just saying i'm hoping it's more more of that than jungle book or jungle cruise or whatever the rock one was because that (laughs) maybe not so much um I mean, I I will tell you, I um, I had a experience in, in Disneyland at the the Haunted Mansion when I was like seven. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I I went on that ride because I had to go on it, right? Like I was dying to go on that ride. I wanted to prove that I could do it. My dad was like, "Dude, I think it's gonna be a little intense for you," and I was like, "No, we're going." We get into the room with the elevator. And the announcer guy gets on the speaker and he does his spiel about like you know the Haunted Mansion and. You know, things not appearing what they are. And, like, the elevator starts going down and things start stretching out. And, like, you know, the guy gets more intense with his speech. And he's talking about, from this point on, there will be no return. Mm. And the lights cut out and the lady screams. I screamed louder than the lady did in the Mm. the pitch black. And, like, all the people freaked out. And then, like, the lights came on and everybody went out to, like, the second part of the ride. And I was like, fuck this. I'm out. Like, I'm going back up in the elevator, right? So, like, they get back. You go back up. Like the people, the people that are doing the ride are like, okay, dude, we'll send you back up. It's okay. Um, so I'm like, you know, crying on my dad's shoulders. They run the elevator back up. They're doing the spiel on the top about there's no return. And they open the door and my dad and me are sitting there and my dad's like, Hey guys, what's up? <laughs> you know, people are like, uh, <laughs> this guy, what's going on? That's, that's funny. So my dad will not let me live that down. Uh, from here on. I mean, like we just talked about that yesterday. Uh, so yeah, good times, good times had by all. Yeah. But, my, uh, my, well, let me tell you my experience. So my dad <laughs> tried to get me on that ride. Well, the whole family was together and I was the youngest. Um, I want to say I was six, maybe five. And, uh, yeah, the elevator stretches out, which I thought was cool. But then the creepy voiceover guy comes on and, <laughs> you know, there are no doors and no windows. How do you get out? And then the lightning crashes and the fucking guy's hanging from the ceiling, oh, yeah. you know, and all that. And from that point on, for the rest of the trip, dark equaled bad. <laughs> like, I lost my mind going through Monstro's mouth in storybook land because it was dark. <laughs> Like, dark was bad for the rest of that trip. Like, uh, my mom did not let my dad live that down (laughs) my entire life, pretty much. Uh, So, yeah, it was, uh, that was was my experience of Haunted Mansion too young. (laughs) Yeah. When when did you go back to the Haunted Mansion? Like, when did, when when was the next time you went back and, and visited it? How old were you? I was probably eight. And it was, and it was a lot better. It was a lot, it wasn't, nothing seemed that scary at that point. 
Like, it was like, oh, okay, this is all kind of fake, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you could, like, hear the audio track repeat and stuff like that. And it was just like, oh, this is a ride. This is Pirates of the Caribbean, but with ghosts. Like, I got it, you know? Um, but, yeah, that initial that initial run, dude, didn't, didn't sit well. Didn't sit well. <laughs> Justin had the same experience at, like, 30 when he was there for the first time. Yeah, Rough. when we just went, I thought I was like, dude, we, we need to go now. <laughs> but no, I don't, I don't I don't remember. I'm sure I went on Haunted Mansion like when I went back at like initially or whatever when I was a kid or in 2001. I don't remember, but if we're talking scared kid stories, the the main one that comes to my mind was when I went with my mom's family and stuff to Vegas. Uh, she was down at the casino gambling and my dad and my uncle Larry took me back up to the room and they both passed out on the beds. And while they were asleep, I ordered on pay-per-view scream three <laughs> and I was like <laughs> seven maybe. And by the time my mom came back up from the casino, I really had to go to the bathroom, but because of it was dark <laughs> in the corner where the bathroom was in the hotel room, I would not leave the bed. And my mom's like, why did you let him order that? My dad's like, I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. I was asleep. <laughs> like he, So they, no one got mad at me, luckily, for ordering a movie on pay-per-view, because I'm sure that shit was like $15 to rent that. But, you know. Well, at least you rented that and not something else. That is true, yeah. On the hotel you know, pay-per-view. Yeah, if I'm renting Scream 3 instead of like Booberella 4 or something from pay-per-view, <laughs> then, you know. Could have been worse. True. And remember that glorious era of like parody titles for adult films? <laughs> yeah. Those some of the worst shit I've ever seen in my life, but like hilarious at the same time. Now they don't even worry about puns on, on them. They just call them the same thing. <laughs> yeah, they just tell you what's happening in the first six minutes of the video. That's the title. <laughs> That's the title. <laughs> It's like, no one needs to be clever here. Um, but yes. Uh, any other trailers as I awkwardly transition away from that conversation? So, Anime Expo happened this past week. I know this is so far removed from anything that Zach would normally be interested in. Uh, but at It's anime the camping of animation. Yeah. So, at Anime Expo, we got... A lot of trailers, a lot of sneak peeks and stuff for upcoming animes. And one caught my eye that I wanted to bring up here. And that is Suicide Squad Isekai. And for those of you, like Zach, who are not familiar with Isekai, it is a general term. It's a trope in anime, like Sword Art Online or anything else, where essentially the main protagonist gets hit by a truck or stabbed to death, or whatever, and dies, and then they wake up reborn in another world, and like usually they have powers, or they're a demon king, or now they're a woman, and their best friend's trying to fuck them. You know, there's like <laughs> infinite number of possibilities in the isekai genre. And this one specifically is Suicide Squad. In the trailer, you see Joker and Harley Quinn. I'm assuming there's others. You see Amanda Waller and, like, whatever. So I'm assuming there's other Suicide Squad members 
that when we get like an official trailer instead of just a little teaser trailer we'll see but it appears that like they go to another world uh, kind of like a D style like there's moblin creature looking things and stuff that they are fighting uh, i just thought the premise seemed really cool and the thing that jumped out to me the most that i liked is this version of the joker looks very similar to what they were trying to go for in the initial suicide squad movie but i think he looks way better like he has the joker mouth but it's like almost drawn on or tattooed like over his normal mouth mm. and it looks like he has like little jagged like saw teeth like up and down over like tattooed over his lips and stuff and i think you know, it looks really cool. I like the art direction. It looks like it's going to, you know, kind of like normal DC animated stuff where it's not really for kids. It looks like, you know, it's going to be violent and, you know, people are going to die and there's going to be blood. And, you know, I'm here for it. All right. Um, I just want to say you did a better job selling that than you did camping. <laughs> but um... hey, you, if I had to have you pick between camping and Suicide Squad Isekai... I would pick Suicide Squad Isekai. Look, all I'm saying is I could watch that in my house. That is a bathroom. Yeah, with a so, toilet and running water. Yeah. With a heated toilet seat. <laughs> and a king-size bed. Yeah, and an actual bed. Um, not an air mattress. Uh, <laughs> as Shannon just shakes his head at me again. Um, I mean... I, I, I don't know. Like, is this something you're going to watch, Shannon? Because to be fair, it's not just this uh, style. I haven't been big on the DC animated movies, and I know a lot of them are really good. I'm not saying like they're bad or anything. It's just something that hasn't been in my purview. Um, I would say my experience with DC anime has been limited, but like uh, DC typically does better with their animated shows than they do with live action ones like i think i watched the i think the last dc one i watched was the flashpoint where flash went back and you know went in and, and there was like the bruce miller like uh like batman who was like just people with guns and like didn't really care um was it no is it frank miller that the artist or is it is it bruce miller no, well, frank miller's uh, yeah frank miller is the artist yeah frank yeah. Miller. so it was it was kind of like hit that style and it, i was i loved it i thought it was great it was touching. Hell yeah, like it brother. was violent. It, it was bloody. Uh, so I think having that be my last experience, I think I'm more willing to to watch something like this. And it seems cool. Like I like the animation style. I was watching while Justin was talking about it. Um, so I'm I'm on board. I'll watch it. I will say I I agree with you, Zach. A lot of the DC animated stuff. I think part of the problem was for a while because it was so successful. They started just pumping them out. And mm -hmm. a lot of them, when they came out, it's like, oh, dude, another banger, another banger, cool. But then once they started pumping out, it's like, oh, this one's kind of a miss. And then, oh, this one's kind of a miss. Like, so they weren't as, you know, good when you're pumping as many of them out. But there's a couple good ones. And, like, the la one of the last ones I watched is I Love Me Some Constantine. And there's one called Constantine mm. Hell to Pay. And it is a fantastic Constantine story. Basically... Prove it's like, yeah, you know, Constantine's a good guy, but he is by no means a good guy. And it does a good <laughs> job. It's like, no, yeah, he's pretty much a walking piece of shit. 
<laughs> but you know, he his heart is in the right place sometimes, but he's also a selfish prick. Who I was gonna say, the the comic Constantine is his heart is in the right place as long as that right place uh, benefits him greatly. Yes, yeah. and and it does such a good story. It's like, yeah, he's like, I'm gonna do this for you. And then we're going to explain the consequences of my actions later at the end here, because I'm not going to tell you that right now. <laughs> Man. Uh, I don't know. It sounds interesting, at least. So. We'll see. We'll see. I still have to watch the King Kong animated series, Skull Island, to see what the hell that is. But Very true. Uh well, all right. Uh, Shannon, why don't you go ahead and take the reins on, on our next little topic here. All right. Um, so this week, uh, <clears throat> a friend of the show and a Discord member, Dan, uh, Dan Bird, uh, has, was talking about how he and his girlfriend uh, were diving back into Fallout 4. He had played it. She had not. Um, he was going to relive this experience with her. And it got me thinking. Uh, I had two questions. One... Um, is there a game where if somebody comes up to you and says, I've never played this, um, but I'd like to play it with somebody, um, what game would that be for you guys that you would like just hands down, no problem. I know this is going to be another 40 to 50 hours, but like I'm, I'm on board. Uh, or, you know, what, so what game is that for you? Also rewind time. What's one game that you can think of? that you would want to relive for the first time. Like you get, you get all the feels, everything back. Like what game mm. is that for you? Mm. Now for me, like if somebody went back and said, you know what? I've never played borderlands two. Like I would be on board for that. I'd be like, you know what? Let's do that right now. I'll load it up. I'll get you the controllers, get the popcorn. Um, we're just going to crush that game. It's going to be uh, gonna... you, me, and Butt Stallion. Let's do this. Hell yes. Give me the guns. Give me everything. Give me, was it, the uh, Cage the Elephant's intro to that like whole thing. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. on for it. Give me that whole thing, please. Uh, all the bonus content. Mr. Torg, uh, you know, give me give me all of it. I'm there. The pirate, the pirate booty one, like, love it. Tiny uh, Tina d d uh, yeah, that was uh, that was for. Uh, was that? That was too. That's where yeah, it started. That's, that's where it started. That was the third DLC for Borderlands. Like Borderlands yeah. Two was peak. Like the DLC, the yeah. entire season pass, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was rad. But then my nostalgia one. You actually mentioned it earlier in the show, Zach, and it would oh. be Titanfall Two. Oh. Like I want to go back and experience Titanfall Two. I love that game, and like not having played Titanfall the initial one. Yeah, I didn't have an Xbox at the time. I think, or a, it was a 360, right? And they came out. Uh, yeah. I want to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like PS3 360 era. Yeah, so I never had a 360 at the time, so I didn't play it. Right, so like Fall Two was my first <clears throat> jump into it. Love that game. Loved everything about it. Want to relive the the feels of that whole campaign all over again. Mm-hmm. So no, those are my two. Yeah, that game is fantastic. Um. It's not a big game, but if someone came up and was like, hey, can you help me get through Portal 2? Oh, that's such a good game. I would be like, hell yes. Because, like, Portal 2 is one of those ones I love the story of so much. Like, it's so funny 
and like so many things happen. Gladys becomes a potato. You know, like it's it's fantastic. It's great. And it gets a little touching. You know, like it's it, there's moments that are like genuinely disturbing. Like it's 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 a great story wrapped around a fantastic mechanic. Um, so that would be my play with like, oh, but like to go back and experience for the first time, there's so many. I mean, one of the first things that jumps to mind is like Silent Hill 2 because it was such. It, it, like, perfected everything that Silent Hill 1 wanted to do, right? Um, uh, what was the uh, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood? It was Assassin's Creed 2, 2. Like, that was, like, the one I just, like, lost myself in for the first time of those games. And Over Black Flag? I, I think I liked Black Flag better. But I knew what Assassin's Creed really was by that point. And and Assassin's Creed 2 was the game where... Or Brotherhood was the game where it was like, oh, I get it. Oh, this is the thing. Like, I went and got every goddamn feather. You know, like, I, I, I did... Like, literally 100% of that game. And it was stupid. But I loved it. I loved every second of it. And if I'm going to go way back... The game I would love to experience for the first time all over again was probably my favorite Nintendo game, which was Mega Man 2. Like, wow. Whatever that game was, it sunk its teeth into me. I got to where I could beat that game from a fresh start in about 50 minutes. Like, I could, I, I knew every level. Forza, like, when to jump, when to shoot, what weapon to pick. Like, I knew everything to do in that game just because I played it so many times. <laughs> and and I still love that. It, it's still the best Mega Man game they've ever made. But it's not even a question to me. And some of the best bosses, some of the best uh, weapons, Metal Man with the blade that shoots out at angles. Come on. What are we doing? Like legitimate right there um but yeah those would probably be and you know what else is on that list for the first time thing just because it's such a bat shit crazy game wolfenstein uh new colossus <laughs> really that story dude like i mean there are so many jaw dropping like i can't believe they just did that moments and just to have that again would be hilarious but uh, now the real answer is probably something like Mega Man Two. Hmm. Even over Bioshock, even. Yeah, yeah, because it, it was one of those things. Like the story of Bioshock is the thing that got me, but it also, you know, the the great peak of that story happens, and then you got to play like eight more hours, <laughs> which which kind of like took the the shine off that rose a little bit. Um, and also mechanically, the first Bioshock's really clunky. You know, it's like Bioshock 2 had it where you could wield the plasmid and the weapon at the same time. And it was, you know, it was a lot smoother combat. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably do that over Bioshock for sure. Nice. Not what I thought. I'm impressed. 
Warcraft Two is also up there. God, now I'm just like burning <laughs> through games. You, yeah, you can't you can't keep thinking about it. Justin. Justin, what is, what is yours? What is yours? So if I had to pick one to go through with someone again that hasn't done it, where it would be Gears of War Three, because I love Gears. Gears of War Three was the fir- one of the first games that Megan and I played through together, and it was one of the, like you know, when she first got into, kind of got into gaming and stuff and us playing together and we had a lot of fun and, you know, eventually would spend hours upon hours like doing horde mode and whatever together, but just even playing through the campaign together was a lot of fun. You know, she wasn't like a huge, you know, gear person, but it's like control wise, it's not super easy, but it's not super hard either, you know, and it's very forgiving if you get down and stuff to be able to pick someone back up and stuff. So I think it's a good, you know, go through with someone type, you know, it's only five, that's not super long, you know, so it's a good, I feel like it's a good jumping off point. That's the one where you find Dom's wife, right? Is that the one that kind of concludes like Dom's story or, um, or not Dom, um, Marcus? Yeah. Mar- Dom. No, no, Dom. Dom. Maria. Oh yes. yeah. Yes. Whole... yes yeah. That's okay. the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that, that was a pretty touching moment too. Like I remember that I was like, oh man, I was like that, that hit me right in the heartstrings. But, um, but yeah. uh, for me, for me, it was more like, wow, wow. I don't believe they actually did that. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Impressive. But if I had to pick one to re-experience again, hear me out. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite sweaters. Doki Doki Literature Club, my man. <laughs> like, that's one. Wow. That is one where it's like once you like once you play it, it's like, yeah, but the, it's that first initial playthrough that gets you. are like, not wrong. Yeah, you can't play wrong. through it again and get the same experience that you got the first time. So that's one where you watch the YouTube video to subliminally make yourself forget and then you try to play it again because that <laughs> initial playthrough is the most what the fuck that you'll never get again. Um, it, so, inscription kind of has that yes. too. And so like you listed a couple, inscription was close. That was like my number two was inscription because again, like those type of games, it's like that initial playthrough is the where you go in blind, do not look anything up, mm-hmm. and you just mm-hmm. play it. And my my third one that was on that list was um, uh, Braid because the kind of the same uh, the, the ending of Braid also that was like that was my Braid was my initial like Shadow of the Colossus of wait a minute like I'm not the good guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like you're like oh, oh I was. I was the bad guy the whole time. She yeah. was running away from me. And then you what? go back like, and reread the books again. You're like, oh, <laughs> like from yeah. this perspective, like this, this changes things. Yeah. When you, when you run the whole the game backwards at yeah. the end and you realize yeah. she's running away from you yeah, the whole you're time. You're not helping yeah. her. She's trying to stop you and you're like unlocking yeah. everything and you're it's not you helping her. It's you trying to capture her. Yeah. Yeah. Hell of a twist. That's up there for one of the best twists in games, to be honest. No, I love Braid. Like, I, when they announced the Anniversary Edition forever ago, I was so excited, and I've heard nothing in, like, years about it. Like, I don't know if it's still happening or what. There's been mm-hmm. zero news. It's like some Beyond Good and Evil 2 shit where it was announced in 2008, and then it just went <laughs> MIA. Well, I think Beyond Good and Evil 2 became the Star Wars game they're making. To be honest, but <laughs> yeah, 
that uh and it's just like yeah it's like i start thinking about games it's like inscription starcraft like there's all these games that i just would love to experience again for the first time but i gotta go with i, I mean the one i said i'd play with someone portal 2 i would love to go through blind and like yeah have memory wiped to do the whole thing again but i mean i went through portal 2 i'm just trying to think i played by my i played it solo then i played it with my dad and i played it with i think at least one more of my friends at the time and my cousin so i went through that game like four times and it was fun all four times oh yeah and, I, then, I, I got, and then i got it when it came out for the switch <laughs> I played it, uh, which was shockingly good. I did that same thing. Like, that was... It, it, the loading times are awful. Mm-hmm. Also because it loads, like, four times a level. Also, that mm. that was rough. Um, but, uh, yeah, I played through it when my wife and I were dating. We played through it together. Um, and then did it again on the PC when we got our new PC because I had to see how it ran. So, hey, let's play Portal. Um... But yeah, I played it PS3, Xbox One, PC, and then got halfway through it again on the Switch before I was just like, nah, nah, I can't, nah. Yeah, but yeah. it's kind of a good game, good game. My uh, my wife for years would just randomly go, space, <laughs> as she like walked through a room. It was, it was great. I mean, I still have him set up on my Steam account as my uh, avatar. So. It's great. Yeah. I love the space guy. He's he's fantastic. So that has me thinking, though, what's the game you... I know Justin's is Skyrim. So, Justin, you can't say Skyrim. So pick something else. What's the game you've played the most on the most different systems? Hmm. I know Shannon's not one to be scared off by purchasing something again. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think because I've double, I've quadruple dipped on like a lot of games and I'm trying to think which, but I'm trying to think which one I put the most amount of hours in on consoles. Uh, I would probably see, you know what it is? It's probably doom, like the remastered doom, mm. like not doom Two, not doom like eternal. It was like just the rebat, the new doom, like that came out in like what? 2009. Was that it? Oh, like uh, Doom sixty four or whatever that was. Like when they did that whole thing. No, like so they so like when like that when they came out with that first like new like Doom like the you know like the running gun like before they did the the twenty sixteen one. Yeah, I I bought that on the PC. I bought it. Oh on, right, like, they put it out on like the Doom three engine. Yeah, yeah, I bought. I bought yeah, I bought, I bought that on. I bought that on everything. And okay. so I think that's probably the one that I've bought and played the most because it's just fun to pick up and shoot things in the face. Rip in half. Well, the, okay, Justin, what's yours? Because you guys will never guess mine. Yeah, so obviously, if I could, it would be Skyrim because I have bought that game like five <laughs> you times. You can't help yourselves. <laughs> yeah, but if I couldn't pick Skyrim, it's Binding of Isaac. Because I bought it on, I have it on the Switch, I have it on the PS4, I have it on the PS5, like, across, I have it on Steam, like, across all consoles, I probably have, I don't know, over 600 hours, easy, 
like in the game. So Megan and I, that's also one that Megan and I have played together and stuff. So that's another, that's also another good co-op one. So hundred percent buy, I got Biden of Isaac tattoos. I got a giant, you can't see it, but I got Biden of Isaac print on the wall behind me. So nice. Uh, so yeah, you guys are never going to guess, but no, <laughs> no, I have not all of them were purchases. Two of these came from like games with gold or PlayStation plus or whatever. Uh, that Tomb Raider remake that came out in like 2013. <laughs> I have played that on no less than four systems. Jesus. And I, and I've probably beaten that game 10 times in my life. Like, there's something, the arrow shooting mm-hmm. was so satisfying. The exploring and finding all the little trinkets. Like, I, something hit every chord with me in that game. I loved it. I've played all of them. I've beaten all of them in that trilogy. Like, it's, I, I don't know. I love, I, hey, guess what? The combat's way better than Uncharted. I think they're just as, for fun, I think they're just as fun, if not more so, than Uncharted. Uncharted is a way better story. It's, that's not even comparable. But the action in Tomb Raider is way better, in, in my estimation. Um, yeah, I don't, and I can't even tell you why. Like, that, just, I just love those games. I, if they came out with another one, I would play it right now. Like, well, I think part so, of that, too, is because, you know, Uncharted is literally just quick time event with extra steps, the game. Or just, you know, murder endless henchmen. Yeah. For trying to stop you from stealing things. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it is. <sighs> Those were good games. Those were fun games. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, that was fun. That was fun. I like that. Uh, what should we talk about? Some what we've been playing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, gentlemen, I hit a milestone. I want you guys to be proud of me. I finished Act One of Diablo Four. <laughs> Dude, that's what I'm talking about, my man. Thirty-five hours in, I finished Act One. Proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Know, you. It's Thank hard. You. As someone who is. is playing with Megan, who does all the side quests, I will tell you, man, it's hard. Well, and it's also hard because they open up every act. Like, I have things going in Act 2 and in Act 3. And it's like, I finally just was like, nope, bring him the map, push to the left. What's the next thing on Act 1? We're going. <laughs> I'm just going. At least that's was my intention most nights, <laughs> and then I would get pulled to the left or the right a lot. But that, I, I, I finished. I got through it. Roll credits on Act One. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> but now that's I'm all so I've been doing. My, uh, my Necro Lady looks right. Guys, the armor sets in that game are so fucking cool. Like she looks rad as hell right now. She's got like some demonic Necro helmet thing that like just looks scary as hell. My armor set looks rad. My two-handed claymore has like a skull in set in the hilt, and it looks badass. And it's like, yeah, this is a necromancer. Like this, if I saw this person walking through town, I'd be like, yeah, necro, got it. Okay. Um, 
Not, and not just because she's rolling with like ten skeletons deep, but <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's that's kind of all I've been doing. I I keep waiting to just have two hours to get back into Final Fantasy, just so I don't play it for a half hour and have to stop <laughs> because I probably won't even get through a cutscene. But <laughs> yeah. It's a that's a beefy boy. Um, yeah, De- Devil May Clive has to wait. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. I was here for it. I I laughed when I heard that when when I heard your moniker for that game. But it is true. I mean, like the combat for that game was great, and I do like the fact that uh, they kept the combat mechanics simple um, with you know basically just being able to acquire the other attributes of like the elementals or the or the dominance whatever you want to call them uh and those kind of litter around so it's basically like the combat is the same which i was worried that it seems stale at a certain point like you would be the same thing um but it seems like they almost push you away from doing the basic things so that you basically are just filled up with all of these dominant abilities and then you just go in there and you wreck face when it's not like a major battle um, so it's like, you know, these major, these, the skirmishes that, you know, would probably become boring over time tend to become these kind of brilliantly colored, like small little displays of power, which is fun to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the luxury today of not having anything on my calendar. Um, so I got to sit down for a full seven hours to Damn. play uh, Get it. Final Fantasy. I know, like, I have not had one of those days in forever. Um, So I got through the first time skip. Um, I got through, like, some first major battles. Um, I have a Chocobo now, so it makes traveling a lot easier. Um, But, yeah, man, that story is... I'm interested to see where that story goes because there's, you know, the topical story of, you know, the traditional Final Fantasy Mm -hmm. stuff, but then there's, like, that secondary Final Fantasy bullshit, like, that anime bullshit that you, like, are always so (laughs) hyped about, and I'm just trying to figure out, like, where this thing is going, right? So, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm still playing it, and I don't even feel like I've scratched the surface, right? Like, I mean, I'm probably, like, 15 hours into the game. And I feel like there's still, I mean, like, my bounty board just opened up. My, uh, like, request just opened up. Like, people can uh, write to your hideout for help. Um, so, like, basically, though both of those things just opened up to me. And so either they're just giving you these things to kind of pad your experience, like, halfway through the game so it seems like there's more to do. Or, like, you know, I've barely just, you know, hit the main crux of this game. So, you know, I'm here for it. I'm excited. Well, let me let me ask you uh, the combat, right? Because in in the amount I've played, like it gets very samey after mm-hmm. a little bit. When you add more of the uh, the like summons abilities, mm-hmm. does does that like keep it fresh enough with different combos and stuff that it doesn't? To me, it does seem so sticky. So so it, in each dominant ring, there are like the two attacks that they give you, and then there's three two or three attacks that you can uh, get with the when you level up. Like, get use your ability points to buy more attacks. So, you can make your attacks stronger, you can make them more powerful, um, and there's different 
uh, application. So like, you know, with the wind uh, dominant, like, you know, you can pull people in, um, you can like pull them towards you and then you can like hit them up in the air in that vortex attack that you have. Um, but then they have ones where like they're more dodging focused. So if like people are like trying to swarm you or they're sending projectiles at you, you can shoot up like a wall of like wind and redirect the blast to them, or you can, you know, hit them up in the air and do a volley. So there's different combos that keep it fresh. You're still okay. only going to be able to choose two uh, per dominant, but like the Phoenix one I have, like I got the the maxed out one, um, and basically if I run into a group of people that are just like if they're going to try to swarm me, and I pop that thing off, like they're all dead. Like the skirmish is over like before it's even begun, and you know it it's cool because it speeds up getting from point A to point B with some of these battles that are moving the story along. So you can get to, like, the bigger set pieces faster. Now, like, when you get to, like, the bigger bosses, like, you're definitely going to be using all of your abilities. And then when your abilities are cooling down, like, you're going to be using your basic attacks. So it's not like you can fully shed that, you know, the, that muscle memory. But I do find it um, to be to keep it more, you know, more interesting. Okay. I mean, that that's that's... That makes me feel better because I'm sitting there, you know, going like, well, am I really going to play another, you know, 46 hours of this combo over and over and over again? Um, but that makes me feel better because that, that is one of the things that Devil May Cry got really well, especially with uh, with our boy D um, is uh, you, you could really mix up what your attacks were and like, you know, you could come up with kind of like the combo that you liked and not necessarily like, Oh, here's the four things you can do, figure it out. So that, that makes me feel better. Yeah. I think also if you max out Clive's um, just standard abilities, he does have some, uh, there is some flavor there, right? I mean, like if you hit like, you know, the square and the X button, he's going to do a lunge. If you mm-hmm. can charge up your magic attacks to make it more powerful, so, like, they launch him into the air, and then you have, like, air combos that you can do. You know, you can jump off of enemies to create combos that way as well. Um, you know, even the compound with the sword, um, you know, to kind of do, like, an area of effect uh, kind of damage and then, like, send enemies up into the air. It's all helpful. Um, and it all like lends itself to a different style of, of gameplay if you want to switch it up if you feel things are getting stale. So I think there's enough versatility there. But yeah, I think the fun is in like getting all the dominance and, and exploring which abilities they have that work best for you. But cool. I do find myself like becoming a lot better because the combat is so simplistic. I can I see myself like switching through in the combos and like I feel powerful and I feel like I'm playing it right, which is important to me, right? So Yeah. Well, I think the thing with this Final Fantasy that they that they did, and maybe it was intentional, maybe it wasn't, but it broke away from the traditional Final Fantasy thing of oh, once you play it for about fifteen hours it gets fun. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, it's fun right now. Like right when you push start, you know. You're an hour into the game and it's ripping ass and it's like hell yeah let's go, um, and and uh, yeah I think that was the the smart thing. Like I said, I'm not sure if it was intentional. Maybe it's just because of the combat system they chose. But it it was it's great. It's really good. So 
I will tell you the gripe I have about the game is sure. it's so depressing. <laughs> like I have not I've done every side quest, uh, you know, and every like battle up to like the point I'm at. And I have yet to come across one side quest that ended positively. <laughs> and I'm just like, damn, like the story's harsh, like everything in the story is just brutal, and then on top of that, like everything in the side quest like is just brutal on top of it so that would be one thing i would just like i would like to see something break positive <laughs> in the game just once at least probably isn't gonna happen especially if they pick that game of thrones to uh plot line to to model themselves after but uh yeah and i do but... want to see the other dominance right like i've mm-hmm. seen I've, I've i you see a smattering of bahamut and a smattering of odin and then they disappear and like they've been gone for like hours, like chapters. And I'm just like, okay, where are you guys? Come back, please. So, so is uh, I'm getting us off topic here, but is peak Bahamut the fight from Advent Children? Is that the best moment in Final Fantasy history for Bahamut? I think that battle's dope. Like, Did- don't get me wrong. It still goes. <laughs> I saw that shit on YouTube the other day, and I was like, God damn it, this is awesome. Like, if it's put, so good. If I put on Advent Children, I, I am going straight to the Bahamut fight. I'm not oh, it's the only thing worth watching in the movie. It, legitimately. Yeah. But when Cloud gets picked up and thrown like a baseball, and like, <laughs> oh, yes, yes, let's do this. <laughs> Yeah, that's that that goes hard. But I mean Bahamut his his uh like uh character model in this game mm-hmm. is dope. Like he yeah. looks beautiful. So props to the props to the people who came up with the dominance in this game cuz they they all look amazing. All right. Well, I I know you guys gave me some flowers for finishing act 1, which I appreciate, but <laughs> one Mr. Carter has a greater accomplishment on this outline. One to be fair, I didn't think we'd get. I didn't know oh. this was going to happen. Justin, please tell us what you've been playing. Well, you know, last night I rolled credits on Tears of the Kingdom. No. Did you shed some tears? You know, it it was a little yeah, I got a little jerky there towards the end, but <laughs> well, well, I asked if you got tears. You, not uh, if you jerked it after after, after you uh, beat it. You, you can cry out your diction and like it's <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I was going to say no, he wasn't broken up about it. He just said continue game and kept playing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I I finished the storyline for Tears of the Kingdom. It was really good. Um, I will say, like, I got 132 shrines, so I still have 20 left to do, which I do really want to just get the last 20. Like, I almost have them all. Uh, I pretty much gave up on the side quests. Like, I don't really give a shit about that anymore. (laughs) And I was also like, yeah, dude, I'm going to get all the outfits. I'm I'm like, dude, I don't need all that shit. Like, no. Like, it's fine. I can... The collector in me wants to get all that shit. I'm just like, dude, just be done with it. Like, there's other stuff I want to play. I got the Pikmin 4 demo installed on the Switch, so I want to check that out. That's going to be the next thing for, you know, so tune in next week for that. But I finished Zelda. 
and you know the story was good i will say man dude it, it does get in comparison to breath of the wild i think it does get a little long at the end of the game but i also kind of think that's just my perspective because i did a lot of the shrines and you know did the entire depths area whatever like i played a lot of the game i put like 140 hours or whatever into the game whereas my friend pj he he straight up just main like anything that was a main quest line for the game that's all he did like he didn't really do the shrines he didn't really do the depths he literally just mainlined the story so he probably has a different perspective of the story not dragging on but for me it was more just you get the four uh whatever sages and stuff and then that's kind of like the main quest you go to the four towns you get the four sages and then you're like all right cool i'm gonna head to hyrule castle i'm gonna fight ganon and then they're like huh psych there's a fifth sage that you need to go find so i'm like oh fuck so then you have to go into the depths and there's a spirit temple and you have to do that and i'm like okay got the fifth sage now we're good and i'm like i'm gonna go fight ganon and they're like well the little ninja dude from Breath of the Wild, like, did you do his quest shit in the depths? And I'm like, no, I didn't fucking finish that. And they're like, okay, we well, need to go do that first. So I was like, god damn it. And I, like, you fight, <laughs> you fight him like four times, and I fought him twice. So I had to go find him in the depths and like fight him the other two times. So I'm like, okay, now that's done. Let me go to Ganon. So then I like went to Ganon's area, and it's like this long path of gloom ridden fucking ground that you have to get to it. But I will say the actual final boss fight with Ganon incredibly good. It is by far better than any boss fight that was in breath of the wild. It is like Hmm. a straight up like three, like this is even my final form, like three level, fight and it was very satisfying to do like especially because he was actually challenging like uh i mean i was of course you know had a lot of hearts i had my armor i was wearing was fully leveled up and gave me an attack boost Mm -hmm. and whatever but i had the hylian shield and the master sword which you use in the final fight you will use the master sword. you don't need the hylian shield that's not something that's required but I just thought, you know what? I put on my uh, Twilight Princess outfit and stuff, and I had the Hylian Shield and Master Sword. I'm like, you know what? We're going to dress the part. We're going all in in this final fight with Ganon. And one of the times when I was blocking with the Hylian Shield, he broke it, and I was just like, well, I guess that's a thing. Like, <laughs> like I was not expecting it. It's like the best shield in the game, and he fucking shattered it during the second phase. And I was like, well, I'm glad I have all these other ones, but you know, they kind of ruined the ambiance I was going for with yeah, the, yeah. the whole set. Uh, but That's actually like super funny if you consider the game for real and, and Link just like, but... I was all, like, dressed up for this, yeah. bro. Like, like, dude, I did all this shit to get the Hylian Shield, man. Like, second fucking phase, bro. You split it in half, and now I have to use some <laughs> Zonai bullshit shield that I got 20 hours ago. <laughs> He's, like, rifling through his backpack. Like, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, <sighs> He's like, hold 
Like, hold on, let me grab out something yeah. else. Uh, <laughs> hold. Yeah. <laughs> Time out. Time out. Yeah. Time mom, out. mom said dinner's ready, man. Let me go in, come back out. Uh, but no, it was really good. The ending of the game was, you know, super cute. And it, of course, it does the thing, too, where after you beat the game, uh, your save file has a little star next to it, uh, but it kind of drops you back off before the final fight so it's like you mm-hmm. never get to like fully complete all the quests because once you complete the game quest, it does whatever and plays out so it'll always just kind of drop you back out there so you can't defeat ganon and find zelda unless you actually like do the end of the game gotcha but uh, i'm okay. happy to be done with it but congratulations dude thank you that's awesome i'm so happy for you so uh, now that you've stuck with it, high up on the game of the year list, if not the top. Yeah, it's definitely, I feel like on my list for sure, It's I don't see it being any lower than top five. I think it has Got to it. be in the top five for me. Will it be number one? That I don't know. It's still, you know, there's a lot of shit coming out at the end of this year that I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to and just like other stuff that's on my backlog that I want to play. But I, I definitely foresee it being a high contender in game of the year. All right. Very cool. Um, Oh, you know what we didn't talk about Shannon, Hmm. but that new season of Marvel snap just dropped. (laughs) It did. The Phoenix saga month. And uh, that, that Phoenix force card. That's a motherfucker, man. That, that thing wrecked shop. Really? Have you like, I'm going to need to see your deck, but, um, but yeah, like I, I haven't really played. I'm still playing with my uh, high evolution uh, deck. Um, do you have a destroy deck? Uh, no, I don't think I do. Oh, okay, I will. Uh, oh, <laughs> I, mean, I, might, I might, I might have a deck that uh, deal that has death in it. So I might have something that's destroying those. And I think I have a hella deck. So. Uh, do you have Do you have Deadpool? I do. Do you have Null? Yes. Oh, but bro. <laughs> Bro, I've got a deck for you. Don't worry. Is there a Galactus in there somewhere too? No, no, no. Fuck that guy. I hate. <laughs> you know the thing is, so it's a funny thing about Snap. There are very successful decks that I don't use because I hate playing them. Like Galactus isn't fun. It's not fun to play against or to play. Period. It's like you do the trick once and you're like, oh, that was neat, but God, that sucks. You know, like it just, it feels, it feels like bullshit when I play Galactus, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like when you, like I built the, uh, I built a deck that was based around, you know, Typhoid Mary, Red Skull and Taskmaster. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. But like, <sighs> I don't know. Um, it's like the move decks that, that, that kind of killed me last month with, ghost fighter and all that i don't really find move decks all that fun either but yeah to each their own i'm sure there's people that love doing those things yeah uh it's it was it you know it was frustrating too because like i was last last month you know you and me we have a mutual friend and he like exploited something like Mm -hmm. when he started playing and he got up to like rank like 140 143 i think was his what was where he maxed out so i was like you know what like I want to see how far I can get. Like, what tier can I get yeah. to? And, like, I 
barely i got close so close to tier like 70 and um then i went on like a nine level slide and i just was getting hammered and then for the rest of the month i was basically hovering in the mid 60s and so Mm -hmm. now like the new month has started you go down 30 levels um so i'm basically starting over at like 34 35 right now um so you know and i I was like man it was so like demotivating to me i was like man maybe i'm just like mid maybe i'm just a mid player (laughs) you know like i I have my moments where i shine but for the most part like i'm just totally like gonna chill at like 60 to 70 and uh, maybe that's my space i've found success if you don't count on like one or two decks count on like four or five and if you lose three times in a row, this is me superstitiously. If I lose three times in a row, I switch decks because <laughs> the game seems to lock you into playing against a type mm-hmm. for a while. It's like, Oh, you have, you're using your destroy deck. You're going to play nothing but Patriot decks. And I don't know why it does that, but it's really annoying. So every now and then I'll just, if I get, matched up against a type that sucks for me, I'll just switch to a different deck and kind of make it reset itself. Um, But yeah, like, I've got a Mr. Negative deck that I really like. I've got a Discard deck, a Destroy deck, and then a Lockjaw deck that I really like. Because Lockjaw's super fun. They're not all that successful, but a High Evolution Lockjaw deck is really fun and cool. Um, And yeah, so it's... that would be my tip is build yourself four or five decks that you think are real strong and then just rotate them. Okay. I'll try that. I'll, give I'll that send you the, I'll send you the destroy deck. It's, it's fucking rad. Yeah, it, please do. Um, and yeah, Phoenix force that cards, a motherfucker. <laughs> like, but, um, so one thing before we get to the spoiler zone, are you guys up on threads yet? Do you know what I'm talking about? Is that the thing that's trying to replace Twitter? So, Meta today, Mr. Zuckerberg himself, launched Threads. And all over my Twitter feed, people are like, oh, you can find me on Threads, find me on Threads. And, like, these things have been happening all over the place. It's like Hive and Mastodon and... You know, blah 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 blah. Like they, Twitter competitors are coming out left and right because Twitter's been floundering. But this one is based off Instagram, and it's from Meta. <laughs> and I went over there just to like I do the same thing with all these. I I grab my username, whether I'm going to use the account or not. I just go grab my username, right? And fired it up it's just fucking twitter like <laughs> Meta just straight up made twitter and was like come at me bro like that's literally what like all the icons are kind of like you can retweet you can quote tweet i don't know what they're calling them in 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 meta land but like it's hilarious to me and then zuckerberg on twitter posted up the spider-man pointing at each other meme <laughs> like an hour after threads launched it's hilarious god dude you can't but, make that up but also i mean don't get me wrong fuck fuck mark zuckerberg like 
him and Elon are both pieces of shit, but I love the fact that like Zuckerberg seems to genuinely hate him. <laughs> and it's just going to be like, you know what? No, no, you're not doing this. I'm just going to take all your bullshit. Like we're taking it all. <laughs> I've got the power and I've got the lawyers. I'm just going to take it. And I've got more cash than you. So fuck you and the horse you rode in on and your floundering ass twitter.com site. I'm building this off of Instagram that makes money hand over fist. So, and it's one of those, like, I just kind of love the brass stones of it. I think they're both horrible scumbags, but I kind of just like, it's like watching fucking bums fight or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Well, like, they, I, they were supposed to fight each other, right? Like they did sign that thing saying that they were gonna fight, like well, uh, like MMA. I think style. he's. Uh, I think Elon's definitely got some motivation now. That because uh, <laughs> uh, I'll be honest, like being on it, there's two or three changes they need to make, and Twitter kind of becomes irrelevant because it's built off the Facebook platform, which everyone has, and so all the big news people are already over there. You know, like, people are posting up left and right, like, you know, Woj from the NBA's over there, Adam Schefter from the NFL's over there. Like, every, like all the news people that people like me use Twitter for, which is a news feed, and then all the other bullshit, is, like, I can get that information from Feds now. It's all there. You know, there's still some changes they need to make as far as, like, prioritizing your follows, like, who you're following versus the algorithm that they're trying to feed you. But I can imagine within weeks it being a thing where people just kind of move on. Because I, it sucks because I, I get the vibe that a lot of Twitter followers don't like Twitter. It's just there's nothing better. And so if it seems to me that if Meta was able to just put a product out that worked and wasn't didn't feel so scummy to use not saying it wouldn't be but just didn't feel that bad it would uh i could see where a lot of people jump ship so So you downloaded the threads app yeah yeah Uh, because it was because it wasn't like a website thing you had to download the app and i'm like i just want to grab my username and then and i started fucking with it and it was legitimately just twitter like it's impressive. It's impressive, really. I was just wondering if it ran better than... I know Hive ran, like, dog shit on yeah. Android, so I wasn't sure if it Well, that's ran. the thing, is, like, you've, you've got, you've got the, the power behind it. This isn't some startup yeah. that's making it. They've, you know? they've done apps. They've done the infrastructure and yeah. whatever, and optimization. <laughs> Being from the Bay Area, Shannon knows they've built a city. Like, the Facebook campus is legitimately a city at this point. It's like Stanford. It's it's nuts. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's my level of petty is what it is. <laughs> I'll, I'll put on the cape and become super petty anytime I feel like it, so... Yeah, Shannon, you, you, I'm just gonna wait until like the dust settles and whatever the new platform is. That's when I jump. Yeah, 
I kept wanting something to catch on, and nothing did, mm-hmm. you know? But, but I think having that instant huge user base just because of the Facebook and Instagram user base, and uh, it's going to it's going to at least make some waves in ways other platforms haven't. But what I feel bad for is like Blue Sky, because Blue Sky was quickly becoming the new hotness, but they were doing that like super invite only rollout because they were trying to not get their servers crashed. And and I bet no one gives a shit anymore. <laughs> hey, you got an invite to Blue Sky? What? Huh? Okay, sure. No problem. Great. <laughs> Put it up on my Threads account. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put on my Threads. Who wants? Who wants a? Uh, who wants an invite to Blue Sky? I ain't gonna use it. Um. Yeah. So, uh, should we? Do you hear some sirens, Justin? I hear sirens. I hear some sirens. Sirens through the uh, trailer park. <laughs> Tornado warning. Tornado warning. Um, all right. So, do we talk some secret invasion? Dude, I'm down to uh, talk a little secret invasion. You guys can go for it, because uh, I need to be talked into watching this one. Fair. Fair. Um, oh, hey, Inside Out Game started following me on... on... No, yes. dude, yeah, it's funny. As you were talking about it, I downloaded the app. I <laughs> literally, it looks exactly like Instagram starting up. And mm-hmm. then it was like, hey, you just want to import all your shit from Instagram, username, bio, everything? I was like, yeah. Clicked one button. It was like, here's everyone you follow on Instagram. You want to follow them on threads? I was like, yeah, follow all. And it was done. I was like, dude, that was painless. Yeah. And so, like, but it also, like, will copy over your blocked list and all that, too, which is, I mean, nice. Yeah, it was so yeah, easy. It's so easy, and it's like it's it's malicious. It is, and I love it. Um, but yeah, so Secret Invasion. It start. I will tell you, Shannon. It's it has started a little slow. It's more of a Nick Fury character study so far, with scrolls, and it. Uh, I mean, there's some bad scrolls out there. This guy Gravik. You know, trying to basically say, screw it, we're turning Earth into the Scroll homeworld. Uh, he means business. You know, he's scrolls are in every high level ranking place in in the world and he's trying to leverage them to destabilize countries, get people at war with each other, because scrolls can survive a nuclear fallout. So he's being like, Yeah, radiation doesn't affect scrolls. So he's going, Hey, if we get all these people to bomb each other Get all these humans out of the way. Yeah, we, we, we got a nice spot for ourselves. Um, you come to find out that it isn't just like a handful of scrolls that Talos was telling Fury. It's a million scrolls are on the planet. Hmm. That is a substantial number of people that can change shape at any time. Um, and uh, yeah, there's, there's terrorist attacks and you find out that Nick Fury... You know, a lot of the scrolls feel like Nick Fury screwed them over because he promised them a homeworld and never delivered. And he's also been gone, like, ever since uh, returning from the snap. He's just not been there. And so you're kind of getting that, like, you know, Nick Fury's a bit of a broken man after the snap, you know, dealing with the fact that the ultimate 
you know, prepared person that like was able to make the Avengers happen couldn't do anything to stop the snap. Like he was completely powerless in that situation. And I think rectifying that in his head has been difficult for him. He uh he's older now. They give him a pronounce like he he has a limp, you know, like he's he also just has zero fucks. Like he he doesn't wear an eye patch anymore. He's like, nah, dude, just deal with my face and my eye. Like, I don't even care. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't, do you agree with this, Justin? It's more interesting than good is how I feel about it right now. Like, I don't know. I've really enjoyed it so far. Like, I was honestly shocked. I, you know, I watched all three episodes today. Uh, just because I know you you were talking about how you had seen the first episode and you're like, all right, we'll watch it so we can talk about it. And I was, that's the, otherwise it was going to be on my back burner, like if you hadn't told me to watch it. So after the first episode, like I was pretty invested. I, it's very, has a lot of like Winter Soldier kind of vibes for me. I like the espionage kind of, you know, uh, like you were saying, Nick, Nick Fury's kind of he ran away from his problems after the snap today and while he's been gone in space he hasn't really dealt with like the fallout of the snapping or like you know shield falling like really any of that he kind of just ran away from it all and this is now kind of him coming back to deal with the the consequences of his actions which you know, I, I like that. Like, we kind of went through that with Tony, and then now we're kind of getting to go through that with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and I like the bad guy, the scroll Rebellion, whatever, leader guy. He he gives me kind of like Michael B. Jordan, like good, kind of menacing vibes. Like, he's not super loud. Like, he talks the talk, and he walks the walk. And yeah. when he's on screen, he's not saying a bunch of shit whatever he's just doing he's like nope i'm a man on a mission i know what my objective is and i will fucking kill who i have to kill and move pieces around how i need to move them to get the end result i want and yeah it's definitely that like watchmen like no what do you mean i did it 30 minutes ago yeah type of energy it's like no that shit already happened dude like you aren't stopping me like yeah, so it, it no, he's Gravik is a good villain. It definitely a good villain. Um and yeah, there are there are definitely like that spy movie vibes happening. Um it's just I I feel like it's a couple it's a couple moves away from being really cool. It's like but I need I need something to kick it in. Like it needs to get kick into gear a little yeah. bit. I feel that. And it's like, you know, it's only six episodes. So they're already halfway kind of through it. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I'm hoping the payoff is worth it. One of the things that really surprised me about it is like how many people have died so far. Uh, yeah. In, just in the first couple episodes and stuff. And, you know, I, I don't know, like... I guess what's weird and what's like part of me was like because you know full we're we're doing spoilers here but the the yeah. chick from the first I forget the How I Met Your Mother chick I don't remember what uh, her name is Colby Smolders 
Yeah, that's her. But what the character? Uh, Maria Hill. Maria. Hill. Yes, Maria Hill. Yes, she she dies at the end of episode one. They set off bombs during this festival thing, and then one of the the scroll leader transforms into Nick Fury and shoots her a couple times in the chest, and she dies. And I'm like, okay, like she's not really dead. But then you know they, mm-hmm. they mail her body back to the U.S. because they were in Russia. And we didn't see her dead body in the coffin. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe she's still alive. But I'm like, at the same time, they're going to this level. But I have, like, theories on it. Because I'm like, okay, well, maybe she is actually dead. But then it's like, on the other hand, I'm like, her and Nick Fury had this conversation about him kind of half-assing this and she's like no like mm-hmm. if you're gonna do this you need to put both feet forward and be all in and right now you're kind of floundering around like you don't really have a plan for what we're doing where normally you're always three steps ahead and you not being a hundred percent is what's gonna get someone fucking killed and yeah. you know then she dies but i'm wondering if that was kind of her agent colson moment of her dying is what finally motivated him to be like all right, like, yeah, no, I'm kind of back and, like, actually do that shit. And so her faking faking her death would be, like, the pushing point for him. But I don't know. But also, like, by the end of that second episode, you kind of do get... Because also, uh, War Machine shows up and fires Nick Fury. Yeah, that was like, great. That's the best thing Don Cheadle's done in I don't know how long. But it was also the thing that kind of like, you know, pushed the the episode, the series forward for me because it, it that one scene had like actors acting. You know what I mean? It wasn't like action movie bullshit. It was like no, these are two like heavyweights throwing punches around a, around a table in a restaurant, yeah. and it was rad. You yeah, know, yeah. like it was. It was good. He it was real good. His just he's like no, I ain't helping a brother out. He's like, yeah. I did this. You're gone. He's like, guess what? You're fired, brother. Like, get the yeah, fuck out yeah, of here. Like, <laughs> You're on a plane. They, they sent you to fire me? No, I volunteered. Get yeah. the fuck out, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was good. That yeah. scene was great. It was great. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited to see where they go with it. I just really want them to pick up the pace. Yeah, so... We will see. And they're going to have um, to do with three episodes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that And then you hit that fucking Marvel, you know, six episode. Are you going to do way too much in the last one? You know, I don't feel, I'm not feeling, uh, not feeling promising there. Just don't say that. Um, so I, let's, let's just do one more because uh, Shannon's giving me the look of he's got to go. Um, so... I saw Dial of Destiny, Indiana Jones. Yeah, I was thoroughly surprised when you said that you actually went to theaters to... I didn't realize... I don't know if you're a huge Indiana Jones fan or it was just like the stars aligned, like you got invited to go and you went. I mean, I'm, I'm, I like Indiana Jones, but like, yeah, it was totally a stars aligned okay. thing. Grandma took the kids, we had a night, and we're like, oh, let's go see a movie, you know? And it was the big new release, so we went and saw that one. Um, and I have to tell you, it's so much better than Crystal Skull. Like, it's a great, it's, it's fun. It's a good movie. You know, you remember how 
episode seven of Star Wars was kind of a greatest hits movie. It's like, yeah, you had the trench run, you had the bridge scene, you had, you know, like all these callbacks essentially to the the original trilogy. This movie's a lot like that. You know, you have the the bumbling English guy that's helping him out. You know, you've got a snake-like scene. You know, why does it always have to be snakes? You know, you got all these type of things that happen in it. But the the story they're telling is very... Um, there's a little bit of torch passing, but it's not in the, like, we're setting this person up to be Indiana Jones. It's just like, no... It's his goddaughter, and she has her own style. She does her own thing. She's got her own sensibility. She's a modern person where where Indiana Jones is very much of his era still. And the way they interact is very good. You know, the, the way they go back and forth is is really fun. And just the story, the adventure, it's, it's chasing after chasing after chasing, but it works. It's fun. The, the movie moves. It's two hours and 30 something minutes, but it doesn't feel like it. You know, like I wasn't, I never looked at my watch going like, man, are we, are we still doing this? <laughs> um, and, and there's enough callbacks if you've seen the original three movies that it's, you get that good, some good nostalgia hits, but it isn't purely a nostalgia movie and i really appreciate the fact that they treat indiana jones like a guy in his late 60s or 70s he's not he's not still just beating people's asses and going on crazy adventure it's like yeah at one point he has to climb a wall (laughs) and and he's taking and she's like what is taking you so long and he's like i've been shot nine times i have a plate in my knee like my back is destroyed, <laughs> and, it, at the, and, and like halfway through, she's like, "Stop talking!" Like I don't like just stop. But yeah, it's it's, it's really fun how they, you know, the movie starts with him waking up in his Brooklyn apartment, uh, like in his boxers, and it's just like there's no like, oh Harrison Ford's still sexy. It's like nah, he's got an old man body, dude. Like. <laughs> He's yelling at the neighbors for playing music too loud. You know, like it's, and, but it, as, as someone that grew up with these movies, I appreciate it. You know, we're not, no one's lying to you and being like, no, this Indiana Jones still an action star from the eighties. It's like, nah, bro, he's not, he's an old man and it's okay. And it's okay that he's an old man, you know? And so, but there's still enough shenanigans and adventure and like the wily ways that get him out of trouble that are fun. So is it still, like, dated? Is it, like, 90s now or 80s? Like- no, so it's it takes place in 1969, right after the moon landing, um, which isn't important to the plot, but it, it the parade in New York where they welcome the astronauts home is, like, a big set piece in the beginning of the movie. So, uh, and... Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, if he was in his 30s or 40s in World War II, he'd be in his 60s or 70s when that happened, you know. Um, and the first, the the only thing that, and it's the first time I can say it, they do the de-aging thing at the beginning of the movie, right? And it's the first time I've experienced it where it didn't completely take me out of the movie. 
like I think they probably just had enough reference material to pull from uh-huh. that it doesn't you there's a few shots that give you the uncanny valley thing but most of it is really good like it's really clean it didn't there's no grand moff tarkin here is what i'm saying you know there's there's no there's no uh grogu mark hamill action happening <laughs> um they 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 nailed it it's really good that i will say that sequence goes on a little long where uh where they come across the the dial, you know, the dial of destiny for the first time, and they're trying to retrieve it from the Nazis and all that stuff. But and that's the other thing. We're back to it's the Nazis. They're real bad. You know, we're got to stop those Nazis. Which hey, you know, I'm all here for. But uh, I think I think it's the third best. I think it goes. Hmm. I'd probably go Raiders, Crusade, Dial of Destiny, then Temple of Doom, and then somewhere around 98th place is Crystal Skull. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's better than Temple of Doom, for sure. For sure. It's no, it's not in the same weight class as Raiders or Crusade, but very fun. And I said it on Discord, and I and I believe it. Maybe can you guys answer a question for me? Why do people take Indiana Jones so seriously? Like people are take it so seriously, and it's like these are fun adventure movies. I, don't know. I think it's like one of those things where it's like I don't know, Ghostbusters or like anything like that where people have the nostalgia like fun childhood same with like jurassic park whatever where people have like the yeah. fun nostalgia memories of it and they're like hashtag not my indie like get the fuck yeah, out yeah. of here like harrison ford's hanging his laundry on his whip you know back at his like two-story yeah, yeah. condo <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that's what has like you know it loses in the echelons like as it ages and it goes on and it means more to people i think people get more serious about it because it's their nostalgia right like you're messing yeah. the the memory the, those cherished childhood memories that they have and i think that's the only reason but i mean it happens with all the movies right like i think as movies tend to try to push the envelope as to to what they could do and and to try to get you to immersive uh, there are going to be campiness. There, there is going to be like areas that are just hard to follow, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like it happens in the John Wick movies. Like the first John Wick movie is great. Like the fourth one, I mean, he's using his jacket as a bulletproof vest and he's still running at people while he's getting shot at and he's stabbing people. So, you know, it the over like there's just this larger than life. Like you have to top the previous movie, right? Yeah, and I think that's where you walk that line. Like you're still trying to be boisterous and in 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 have people enjoy an adventure that this character is going on. Um, but you have to compete with like this nostalgia that people have for that franchise as well. Um, and you have to treat both of them with respect. And if you don't, people are going to give you flack. No, I, I agree with like treating a property with respect. Right. And like casting Shia LaBeouf as Indy's son is not treating a property with respect. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But yeah. And, and so, like, I, I legitimately understood the, the Crystal Skull stuff because it's not a good movie. Like, 
just it doesn't tell a good story. It's not a fun adventure. Like I I get all that side of it, but when people you know go full up in arms like about th- this is a good movie and it tells a good story and it's like you know I've seen people writing that like like oh it doesn't hold a candle to the first 3 and it's like you know I've I've said this before but like Temple of the Doom is garbage you guys like <laughs> You know why Temple of Doom ruled? You were fucking 12 years old when you saw it. You know what I mean? Like, that's why it ruled. And and I don't know. Like, this this seems like a, a grown-up movie and versus one that, like, is campy and for kids. You know, are there campy moments? Sure. But are there, like, there's, like, a whole scene in the middle of this movie that is incredibly poignant that Harrison Ford delivers perfectly and the ending lands so well in this movie and it's just it's moments that like you know those that even Raiders like never hit like Raiders is way more fun but there's some like actual poignant moments in this movie that like the rest of the series just doesn't have and it was a little refreshing but they also don't dwell on them you know, this isn't a serious movie in any regards, but it has some serious moments that hit really well for people that, you know, like me, that did grow up with the, the character. So I would recommend it. I think you guys will have fun. Sweet. You know, and, and Chen, do you have time to tell me about the movie you saw? Because I, I am curious about that. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, So I went and saw the movie Elemental with my son uh, a couple days ago. Uh, That movie is a Pixar movie that I liked a lot, Um, which is is Pixar back. Yeah, I think I think with this one, they are Um, good. Um, The colors are vibrant. Uh, We saw it in 3D. The 3D effects were amazing. Um, The story is basically Romeo and Juliet. Uh, mm-hmm. with um, basically a racism scattered about it, um, like uh-huh. the, like a, a kind of like a talk about it. So, um, elemental. There's this um, basically the city um, where all the elements live together. Um, there's the cloud people. There's the earth based people. There's the water people and the fire people. Um, water, earth, and clouds all get along great. Fire burns the shit out of like the earth people mm-hmm. um, evaporates water, boils water. Um, it's the clouds. Like, so they're all like, cool. You can live in our city with us, but you're going to live over in this little area just by yourselves. Like fire town, like little, uh, you know, kind of suburbs outside the city. Um, so, you know, they have their own place. Um, the fire people tend to kind of be on the lower class of everything. Um, a couple times through the movie, they kind of talk about how like the water people are like the upper class. Um, and they have all the privileges and the fire people basically have to work for everything that they have. And they come from humble beginnings and they're immigrants. Um, so, you know, there's, uh, you know, deeper down kind of, there's, it's kind of mm-hmm. like that inside out, right? Like on the top, like you're like, oh, this is kind of like one of those wholesome love movie, like lovey dovey movies, but like underneath, like very close to the surface is like this, like, you know, racial diversity and then, you know, class dynamics kind of thing that you're, you're learning about as you go, go, go through the movie. But, um, I'll tell you, the story doesn't start out kind of like I thought it was. I thought it was just going to kind of be like this kind of rom-com kind of thing. But 
it's more along the lines of uh you know the uh the daughter of this uh um fire shop owner he's uh she's gonna take over the shop uh once she can learn to control her temper because every time she gets mad she blows up the you know she basically like blows up right um mm. so she's downstairs and she blows up because you know there's like some shenanigans that happen in the shop and uh, a pipe bursts and um, water gets in. And um, apparently what happened is there was a, a city inspector who's made out of water, got sucked into this pipe when the pipe broke, fell into her shop um, and is going to ride up her shop and get it shut down. Um, and that's basically where the, the story takes off. Uh, I will tell you, it is, you know, it's it's the typical, like kind of pulls on the heartstrings at the end. Um, but, you know, the be you know the the main crux of the story is pretty funny, lighthearted. Um, like I said, the colors are vibrant, the story's good, the voice acting's done well. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't really ever feel like it's overstaying its welcome to any place too long. Um, but yeah, I mean it's a it's a good it's a good story. It makes me feel good. Um, the soundtrack was pretty cool. Um, the t- movie in the beginning, like you know how Pixar usually does their um, like they have those little shorts in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I didn't really care for, um, but you know, that's just me. It's, um, the guy from up, um, the, the old guy from up Carl's yeah. big uh, date. Yeah. Carl's big date. Uh, I was not a fan. Mm. Uh, you know, when I die, <laughs> don't want my wife going out with other people. <laughs> Jeez. Don't forget about me. I'm gonna put my ashes up on the counter so with googly eyes, so just staring at you the whole time you walk in and out of the place. But no, um, that's incredibly unsettling. But okay. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was good. Um, I I liked it. Um, and you could see Pixar put a lot of time into their effects. Um, because I mean, like, like water and the water people and the fire people, they're always moving. It's constant motion. Um, mm. like their bodies are, are always, um, changing colors, shapes, sizes. Um, when the fire people get hit with water, they get all deformed. Um, and then they have to eat, um, basically embers to, uh, make themselves like regain their, their full shape again. Uh, so it's pretty, you know, there, there's a lot of like new, te- I feel there's a lot of new technology Pixar used in this movie, um, to make it look as good as it did. But um, but yeah, all in all, I would recommend going to see it. I think it's one of their stronger showings in the past, like four or five movies that they put out. All right, very cool. That's after the uh, you know the current run of of Disney Plus films. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, Turning Red was not uh, impressive to me. Uh, I, man, onward, Jesus. Yeah, like that was, that was pretty rough. Oof. That was just bad. Um, all right. All right. We've done it. I think we have an episode, gentlemen. Uh, Justin, could you please land this plane? You know what, guys? Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the That Picks Life podcast. You know what? Go on to the Discord. Wish your boys a happy 250. And while you're there, dude, let me know. What co-op game game you wish you could replay for the first time let us know what are yours did you like ours and while you're at it give your boys a review on spotify let us know how we're doing and uh zach if uh robbie was here what do you think robbie would say robbie would say 
Bioshock Infinite, guys, for both categories. He Bioshock would say that. Infinite. The man would say that. Yeah, he would. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. Come on. <laughs> five? Mm, Over no, three? Yeah. Uh there's been some throwdowns between me and Robbie over Metal Gear Solid Five, uh, but yes, he would also say, "Hey guys, go be great." And uh, I'm applying for a job at ESPN this week, so if you guys get a call, uh, just give me a glowing recommendation. 